Yo, sponsoring the show today are Westway Nissan. Westway Nissan are the UK's largest Nissan dealership and uh, they also have exclusive deals with Nissan whereby you can only get certain models with certain features at Westway Nissan. You can't get them anywhere else because Westway Nissan got the monopoly on certain things, the cheeky buggers. They also, at the moment, have got going on a motability offer and the motability offer entails rocking up for an open weekend which is it's a lot the day this podcast was released on the 7th of october so if you're listening after the 7th of october this is pointless just ignore it for the next 10 seconds all right but uh last day to go today you can book an appointment book a test drive you will get a 20 percent not 20 percent. you get a 20 pound argos voucher so if you have mobility uh, mobility issues you need certain nice types of vehicles with certain mod cons to be able to get around west Nissan can help you out um yeah, 5th to the 7th of October, and uh, they'll square you away. They also do a tw- up to a 20% discount on new and used vehicles if you are a, a veteran or serving service personnel. Also, off the subject of buying things, if you are someone who is looking for work, if you're ex-service personnel looking for work, if you're thinking, hmm, I'm not quite happy in my career, I want to go and do something else, or you're about to get out and you go, I am got a clue. What are we going to do? Well, the managing director of West Winnesan has very, very close ties to the military, right? And West Winnesan, as a result, are hugely keen on employing ex-service personnel. You can do sales jobs, you can do reception jobs, you've got all sorts of stuff. So if you're not sure, you may not even be thinking, oh, I want to go and work for a dealership. You may not even be thinking that. But you can give them a call up and they will give you advice and guidance. The MD definitely will. Give them a call, get some information. They may have a job going for you. Something can keep you going in the short term. They'll help you with the training and courses and all the rest of it, and you can get yourself squared away. That's the kind of people West Wayne are. Go to there to buy your cars. Go there to get some job advice. Absolutely superb. By go there, I mean westwaynissan.co.uk. They're also on um, social media, Instagram and Facebook under West Wayne Nissan. Funny enough, West Wayne Nissan, UK's largest Nissan dealership. Give them a look. Thank you very much for sponsoring. Also sponsoring us today are Rugby for Heroes. That is rugby with a number four, Heroes. Rugby for Heroes is a not-for-profit organisation founded by a group of keen rugby players designed to host various fundraising events to raise money for a range of armed forces charities, including 353 Trust, Health for Heroes, the Royal British Legion and the Soldiers Charity. Since forming in 2009 to commemorate the loss in action of Private Joe Whitaker, who was a four-para lad, they've raised over £100,000 for their benefit charities. The founders themselves are members of Old Lemontonians RSC and they're massive supporters of the forces and families. Check them out on their website, rugbyforheroes.org, rugbyforheroes.org. Uh, and they're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but on there, they're rugby number four heroes. Check them out on there, at rugby for heroes. The next major event is next year. It'll be the Rugby for Heroes Beer and Gin Festival. Obviously, being rugby players, they're also uh, gin drinkers, alcohol drinkers, and they're quite good at it. It'll be at the Old Lemontonians RFC on the weekend of the 10th and 11th of May in 2019. Rugby for Heroes are very proud to be a sponsor of this podcast. I am very proud that they are sponsors. I like the organisation, and um, is part, their sponsorship is part of their continuing programme of support for veterans serving members and their families don't forget if you want to see how you can help support the podcast as well you can go to patreon.com forward slash hour check us out there um all sorts of little benefits if you're one of the the patreon supporters 
for the podcast, then you get access to the shows 24 hours before anyone else, which is nice. Patreon.com forward slash hour. And lastly, before we get on to the show, leave us link the free networking so uh, networking service networking event for service leavers is happening the next one's happening on the 16th of october in colchester uh at 6 30 p.m in the old officers club which isn't right near the center so if you're in collie if you're in collywood colchester or chelmsford or in that general area maybe even as far afield as uh ref uh watersham then get yourself in fact it's not RAF anymore talking rubbish anyway if you're near cultures then get your ass down 16th of October it's uh, quite an informal event you'll be connected with um, business people from the area sometimes you get employers going there looking looking to recruit service personnel um, you will definitely get advice and guidance from service personnel who are out um, oh, sorry ex-service personnel who are out and have forged successful careers and they will help you on your path to getting your own successful career whatever that may be nice and informal get down and shoot the shit it's free it's free and it's cool on the show today, um, my guest is Managing Director of WH Management Group, uh, who do a plethora, a supply a plethora of services. I worked for them a couple of times. Um, his name's Doug. He is an outstanding individual, very, very knowledgeable, uh, very well-dressed, very well-dressed. He came in a pink shirt. and uh, It's a shame you couldn't see his shoes if you, if you watch this. I might try and get a, a photo actually and show you his shoes they're, they're they're exquisite um but we had a really good chat we talked about all sorts of stuff mental health issues uh security industry and um and uh yeah hope you enjoy it h plus 25 25 shows douglas hinkley enjoy Doug Hintley, you're the first commissioned officer to appear on the show, and uh, you dressed accordingly. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. And uh, when I was in the wardrobe earlier, I thought uh, t-shirt, and uh, he's going to expect me to be in a pink shirt. <laughs> so, come on. I'll, I, the the I, I, okay, I'd, I'd seen a few of your programs, and mainly on the Facebook uh, sort of weekly update, updates, and I thought. Yeah, it's really relaxed. I'd seen Nick Goldsmith on her. He's good friends, as you know. And I thought, yeah, happy days. So, yeah, baggy jeans, Timberland boots, and, and T-shirt, which is my normal day-to-day. No, it's not. You can't bluff a bluffer, is it? It is. I, I promise you. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, I didn't put the tweed jacket in the car. This would have finished it off, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. 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 Good to see you. Good yeah, to see you. Really good to yeah. see you. Been well, a long thanks for time. Time. I know how crazy busy you are. Um, like mental busy. Yeah. Obviously, know you're from WHMG, working working for you um, yeah. on, on a few occasions, and uh, and I have to say, mate, it, you, your company um, uh, is pro- for se- security companies go. I've I it's probably the one I've, I've I've most enjoyed working for, and I mean, enjoy is a difficult word. I'd be most satisfied working for some of the, some of the events, mate. I really enjoy it. You know, I, I like horses. You do a lot of horse events, and I I, I ride. And I love that. Um, so I like being around them, but. Um, I was most satisfied, I think, because of how closely, how 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 similar to the military it is in the in the style that it's run, you yeah. know, um, and the and and the sort of ethos and the 
the ethos behind every level of management and down to the blokes and the way and the ladies and uh, uh, the way they they conduct themselves because of the way it's this sort of because of the way you run it because of the way you run it i, I love it i love it it's it's um fantastic fantastic business when did it start up so our first job was in june 2008 when i was okay. i was still serving at the time right uh, as in regular and, with who and uh, Greengards. Mm-hmm. and um it took another year or so to to get a very small client basis and also to give me the confidence to to sign off and um it sort of snowballed from there um, why did you need confidence to sign off i think and anybody who's list- no, wrong question go on go on what i was going to say is any, anybody who who listens to this who who's taken that step into into silver street will understand that the enthusiasm and you know, the grass is greener and opportunities of, of transitioning into Civic Street is great. But no matter how much you enjoy it or hate it, it is also a massive step because we are institutionalized. You know, I've been in a uniform since I went to school. I literally, I, I joined the police the day I walked out of, out of big school at 18. I went, I handed my police kit in the day I started at Sandhurst. And suddenly that, that blanket, that brotherhood, that, that safety blanket, is no longer there and um you know some people don't they don't appreciate or understand what you lose i mean you can see you can tell that by the amount of people sign back on you know i know loads of guys who have done one year two years driving a lorry working in an office and <clears throat> and they can't hack it um which is which is understandable there are some great success stories of course um but there are always challenges and I, and I don't know many people who as as i'm sure you don't who who, who have come out being successful, but also turn around and say, I don't miss it and I don't miss my mates. Mm. Mm. Um, the the uniform thing is an interesting one that you mentioned. Um, a little thing that I <clears throat> I, I realised I, I, I started, I've known this for a long time, but I, I've only recently consciously done it. And that's, uh, I, I dre- this is two days ago, I the thing I was doing at work, so I was doing a very hands-on job at work, and um, and it required not too much cognitive ability, um, but it was a very very uh, yeah very hands-on technical technical thing to be doing with it with a, with a, a team, and that that's changed over the last few days because that that project finished, and I've gone into a different project which requires a lot of. A lot of detail planning, detailed analysis, a lot of um, you know thinking, a lot of thinking, and I I and I went into work and I was all of a sudden and I haven't done it for months. I was dressed in a, in a shirt, and I had a pair of chinos on, and I had I was just I was just smarter, I was just smart casual. I don't need to be in a, in a suit in, a, in, a, in an environment. I was just smart casual, and one of the girls there said, "Oh, you look smart today." She said, "How can you dress like that?" And I thought, oh, I haven't. I'm going to do the hands-on thing. I, I don't need to be. But really, when I thought of that, I thought, why am I dressed like this? Why have I done this? Because by getting into that different outfit, I I knew that morning, what I'd been telling myself for years, but I'd not been doing it. I, that morning, for some reason, I got up and thought, I'm going to do it. I put on uniform because it puts me in a different mindset. It yep. puts me in the mindset of, I'm in thinking mode now. Mm. I'm not in in work trousers, you know, gloves and and a, a you know, waterproof notebook and 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 a hard hat. I mean, I need to be in thinking mode. And by putting that on, 
or enter thinking desk office mode. And it did. It doesn't put me in. It's like with the uniform. Um, it, it must be a, a, a struggle to adjust to any job for certain people, probably for a lot of people, they just don't realise it, in that they get up in the morning. When you're in, it's that institutionalization. When you put that uniform on, you, your brain, it straight away, it takes it into a different, different mode. You're not on leave. You're not on your downtime. You're now in the uniform. You do what you're fucking told. Mm. You do what you're told. Or you do what you need to do. And it's a completely different attitude. And you don't have that, as little as it is, you don't have that thing when you're in Civvy Street. You know, especially in your job where you don't have to, you can wear what you want. And you, it's not a uniform, but say it's not a dress code. And that, that little thing can have a, a big impact because all of a sudden, you're going to work, but you're not in the mind, you've not switched into your work mindset because you can't anymore because you're not putting a uniform on. And it's one of those little con- contributing factors. I don't know. What, what do you think? What- oh, no, I think you're quite right. Um, I, I think that that is probably the best summing up I've ever heard of it. Um, and I think the one point that we, we shouldn't skip around is that if you, if you rightfully, don't get me on to the Walter Mitties, but if you rightfully have earned um, the the uniform, then that gives you that sense of security, um, whether you're on duty or not. And it's it's not. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the gunslingers and the, you know, the people who think they're they special because they wear a bulletproof vest or whatever, ballistic helmet, etc. I'm talking because they a lot of people hide behind that, as we as we both know. But it's it's just having that you know that TRF that that regimental tie. Um, that that you, you even when you've left you you take that to to the end of your days. I mean, well, look, we've kept in touch, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think you'd turn up. <laughs> I, I, in fact, early on, yeah. early on, when when, you, when we scheduled in, in fact, didn't I rope you in somehow? Didn't I? I was a bit of bribery in there somewhere along the way. Yeah, you'll pay me. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere. But then early on the way here, I you you finally responded to my Google Calendar invite, and it said, uh, and it said your response was, uh, it was tentative whether you'd attend or not. I thought you told me yesterday. Is this it? Are you doing, doing me over? I was sitting, uh, I was sitting on my own. I spent two hours slagging Doug Inkley off at WHM. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize you're a copper. Yeah, um, only for, for well for a very short period of time. Mm. Um, I I was supposed to go to university um, and. Uh, to Royal Agricultural College Science Leicester, mm-hmm. typically. Um, and I'm sure I would have had a great time there, but I, I'd had enough of education. I, I didn't like school. Um, I wanted to be out doing army stuff, ferreting, driving tractors. And um, I thought, you know, I'm going to get some life experience and, and spend three years in the police. So I did that. Uh, and it's, yeah, for anybody who's, who's unsure what they want to do for three years, and if it's not... Um, if it's not university, uh, then I think it's a, a great eye opener for for people. What police? Yeah, really. Why do you think that? You get to see, depending on on your own background, um, but you get to see a side of society in this country which is desperately sad. Where were you operating? So I was in Surrey. Um, I, I worked. Um, I started off at Dorking. Uh, and then our division amalgamated into Eastern. We covered all the way up to the Met, down to Sussex, and from Kent across to to the Western Division, so getting near Guildford. Mm. And um, it's a great experience. Uh, I, um, I, I I've taken a huge amount away from that. Um, and it's a you get to see how desperately sad some things are in this country. Um, 
but you also learn good life skills. And I'm not just talking about your first aid certificate. I, I mean, communication skills, a huge mm. amount. I think, unfortunately, for any police officers serving or retired who, who may listen to this, unfortunately, now it's such a responsive role. Um, you know, you're, you're only really seeing single crewed cars out. You very really have double crewed cars. And, and these poor guys and girls are getting flogged, from what I understand, from the start of their shift to the end of the shift. Because they're undermanned. I, I, I don't know the technical de reasons behind it. Um, and, and I think it'd be wrong of me to, to start criticizing um, the you know, police officers who, who make these decisions. Um, there are obviously issues um, as, as to why crimes are dealt with differently now, as to why there are different numbers of, of patrol officers. Um, and, and their ability to to actually sit down with, you know, Granny Moggins and, and have a cup of tea and talk about why her flower pot's being kicked over at night. And, you know, 20 years ago, she would have had a young beat officer come around and, and have a brew. Now it's a, a civilian call handler who, who may not even crime it over the telephone. It's very hard for things like that. It's like, it's very, because it's the society we live in now, it's, it, I'd imagine that... Um, if there's an argument to keep that, I completely understand. Absolutely, you need that that personal touch to whatever you, whatever you do, mm. it, being a cop or whatever it is. You've mm. been going to you know and being part of the community, and especially if you seem to be relied upon. But then at the same time, trying to quantify, trying to quantify the benefit of that to the people who make the decisions. It's just it's not even impossible. Yeah. It's one of those everybody knows what that is a positive thing. Well, why is it? Put, put it down in figures for me. Prove it to me. Yeah. Well, I can't. Sorry. What if you had not gone to Mrs. Morgan's and had that conversation? Um, well, like money, money-wise, I, I don't know, but I wasn't a bit. You know, it's it's one of those. It's a yeah, shame. It's of a shame. It is, yeah. That's a society we live in now. It's if you can't if you can't flip and prove it, you yeah. know, if you can't quantify it, then you're stuffed. It's going to get, yeah, get, yeah, you know, get get pulled aside. But the the poverty side of things, I I I I try and um, I try and blink myself to that kind of. That that I do I try like you, you see a, a lot of home to me just the areas I'm around at the minute mm. not the areas I'm around I, I maybe I'm just more aware of it homeless people everywhere or maybe it has grown I don't know a home a lot of homeless people you know um, a lot of people struggling uh, but I try and um, I try and blink myself to having any not empathy I've got the empathy there you know I'll, I'll give change occasionally I won't do it every time I you know sometimes I'll buy my coffee hot chocolate whatever um, but in terms of feeling sad for that poverty existing mm. i try and uh i try and put blinkers on it for myself because it is incredibly sad it is incredibly sad um but it's always going to be there in the current way that we live our lives you know in, in the uk the way the way just the way things are and for flipping hundreds of years to go it'll always be there so what can you do about it i mean um i think you know, i'd I end up going down a spiral of the world is fucking horrible. Mm. You know, there's so many people like you, it, just you alone, if you imagine all of the knowledge in your head and all of the, all of the knowledge in your head, okay, that would be a benefit to someone, for example, in a third world country or someone on the street. That knowledge that they don't have. Probably nearly, if you just sat there for an hour and, sp and spoke, just waffled to them, probably every sentence that came out of your mouth would be a benefit to them and motivational and you know imagine you could do that every day of your life for how many people you would help mm. just give one sentence to one person you could help thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people so all the knowledge we have and all our experience and think how many people we can help but we can't we can't 
there's so many people that are, that are helpless themselves from dying and disease and starvation and you know look if you boil your water you know the water you're drinking at the river no stick a fire on boil it for half an hour uh, half an hour boil it for 10 minutes when it starts bubbling drink it you're less likely to get sick think yeah. how many people that don't know that because they don't yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. don't know it like in i'm talking third world they mm. don't know it give that one sentence tell them that one thing mm. and how many lives are you saving but how do we how do we do it it's, it's just a it is incredibly sad, but I try and I try and stay away from it for that reason. I've just ranted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see your point, and and yeah, the, the the homeless situation in this country is it it is appalling. Um, Has it gotten worse? I don't know. I, 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 this isn't me. I, I don't. I don't give a shit about politics. I don't. I, no, I don't have any allegiances. Right. Uh, I, my opinion is is that a Labour, Lib Dem. Conservative. Whichever, whichever the, they are, the situation is just the same. Whichever flag's being flown. Yeah. They, they all tend to be a, a muddy form of each mm. other at the moment, mm-hmm. don't they? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's been the case for a while. I, I think, I, I don't know the answer statistically about the, about the homeless stats in the UK. Um, what I do know is, is when you hear of some very unfortunate cases of um, people professing to be homeless or professing to be an ex-soldier, um, in order to gain from it financially, it's it, it then knocks people's confidence in helping the genuine cases, uh, and I, I think that's at the moment that's probably taken its toll slightly. I've not experienced it directly myself. I did a a thing um, after admittedly a couple of beers uh, three or four years ago. In fact, it was after the army navy, so it's probably <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couple, couple of beers. <laughs> I'm surprised anybody could actually understand what I was saying. Uh, I uh, I got out of the underground at Green Park and I walked to Leicester Square and I sat down with probably half a dozen, maybe eight um, individ- different individuals um, and chewed the fat. Just on the route? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah just yeah. chewed the fat. Um, yeah, bit of a chat. And um, I asked every single one in a roundabout sort of way, um, slightly a leading question but if if without going directly you know mm-hmm. are you an ex-serviceman or woman in in one instance and um i, I can't remember the exact number but let's just say um four of them said yes uh so, oh really when did you join what service number have you got and the numbers that were coming out were incredible and only one of them was a genuine two five one three you know whatever, whatever his last four were and that's really sad but in that situation, right? I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. In that situation where it's night time and um Army Navy's been at May, so well, it wasn't that cold, but it wasn't that warm, we're in the UK. And they've got someone sat down with them and they they their assumption would be you're a generous guy. And you are a generous guy, I know you are, I know for a fact, right? And they sit down and that's what they say, you think opportunity here yeah. to get something. And I I can see why they say yes. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's not obvious that you were ex-military, but I would think yeah. it would be obvious. Yes. But then would they? Would the same people would they volunteer that information as a bluff? Like a, a you know, I don't know. A, well, there, there was one. Uh, there was one that was, and I'm, I'm not a great Facebooker. Um, I, I try and stay off it. I think it's. I think social media is a dangerous weapon at the moment. Um, but I I saw a, a post that went up on, on one of the groups that you and I are involved in uh, recently uh, about a, a chap in Litchfield. And uh, it, it, from what I understand, it turns out that the guy was um, a complete Walt. And you're right that it's they identify an opportunity for for their own gain, which is, of course, to eat. And I get that. That's survival. You know, that's you know, when you when you scrub politics and laws out the way, 
ultimately we're here to, to survive reproduce and then and then you know pop our clocks mm-hmm. um but i think that it, it then hits home especially when you've you know when when you've and it goes back to that uniform thing when you've when you've actually earned the right to wear that uniform and you've had friends who've have been you know either catastrophically injured or or, or worse killed or even have come back and, and are struggling their in their own way and you then got someone who's jumped on the bandwagon to try and get some help and it's um for me personally i i find that really hard to stomach mm. and you know what i'm like you know i'm, I'm a straight talking guy I, I don't mince my words um at all and if someone said to me no i'm not an ex-soldier um i was actually a, a salesman but i had a gambling problem i lost my family lost my house the whole lot fine or you know you could say i've been a smacker since i was 16 fine uh, you know ev- everyone's got past everyone's got history um I think it's uh, it's it's just that pride and it's you know it's that brotherhood thing, isn't it? Where you you uh, you, you take these things quite personally. Well, certainly I do. Mm. No, that's yeah. that's me waffling now. <laughs> Waffle away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I understand. It's, it's slippery. I mean, um, the those groups, Facebook groups, it's like it's like um, brilliant one of them is brilliant i think one of them is brilliant but at the same time it has crossed my mind a, a few times I, I, i'm gonna meet the, the guy who who can i runs. come with you because i want to meet him as well uh okay you got not not in those clothes though <laughs> <laughs> no so I'll, I'll, I'll go back into the he's not far away from me oh we'll talk about this off air because yeah, i don't want because what i don't want to do is talk about a group and then i'm gonna say bad yeah, things yeah, 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 but fine. he is brilliant yeah. uh, well i well i've not met him right i've not yeah. met him. i know his colleagues yeah. I work with his colleagues, and I, and, I, and I was good. But it does cross my mind. It's like Christ, the size in this group and the rap, how quick it's grown. Yeah, how it's being policed. So because there's some, there's the art like posts that go on there, and I think I, I, you never know, right? Well, you I'm, never I'm, know. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and, and say this. Um, <laughs> there was an, an incident uh, last week okay. um, when the, the whole thread was was deleted, uh-huh. and I actually said admins because i knew that he was away or with his what you know with his family on downtime i said admins we need a quick chat and i contacted uh one of the other guys yeah um sent him a brief email and uh, by coincidence someone else also emailed in saying watch yourself because these these stories um and there's, there's a load of problems behind it and basically someone was asking for help again um and he'd asked a friend was it money was this the money one yeah, amongst other things. But anyway, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the background. Okay, go on. Okay, um, and and if this chap ever ever listens to this program, then um, I, I do wish him the best of luck. And there's there's no hard feelings. But can I swear? Of course you can swear. Don't of course take, you can fucking swear. Don't take the fucking piss <laughs> out of people who are trying to help you. Um, he came to do a job for me. Um, he bailed, as in bailed, bailed into the, into the night um, with cash off me. Really? Um, claimed that um, claimed that he um, had got food poisoning from a breakfast at Weatherspoons and actually he'd been drinking. Um, and he was just a complete and utter liar. And but this wasn't the first incident. This had happened numerous times. And I, I'd you know I'd taken him <clears> on face value and said, yeah, I, I hear you down on your chips. We'll we'll bung you some money in advance to get yourself here by train. And, and I, I understand some people can't cope with with a, a rapid reintegration to to normal life. Um, 
but he this isn't the first time this has happened numerous times amongst various people who helped him he's also been to numerous charities and, and been given cash handouts and uh you know i said to you earlier one of the points i want to cover is is there has to be a degree of self-help you know once once you have an amount of of support from your muckers from employers from the system if the system supports you from charities you, you you do have to be able to hold on to that rope whilst they pull you back onto your feet go on go further we're going to come we're going to come to log reds in a minute go on <laughs> <laughs> go on good what would you um give me an example with this particular chap no where you where um If I don't give you an example, use use my issue. What you're saying? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, For the most part, but if there's going to be mental health issues involved for the majority of those cases, right? And when I say mental health issues, I'm going to say the range of severity, right? Uh, just suffering from anxiety once every often. That's a mental health issue. Yeah. Is it major? No, it's not, right? Also a mental health issue is acute PTSD, which it can be fucking major, right? Yeah, so when yeah. I say mental health issue, it can be, uh, you, you just, you're a bit insecure a lot of the time. That's a mental health issue, right? So, go on. Right. Bef- before before <laughs> we do end up fighting the, the same the same point, I never mentioned mental, uh, mental health. No, I never. So, the particular case that I'm talking about, is that he was yes i'm sure there would have been a few issues there but the help he was being um, offered was to correct a financial and social situation that he had Mm. not nothing to do with mental health at all Mm -hmm. and he wasn't asking for that Mm -hmm. um and that's going back to that fantastic group that's been set up um he's going out amongst our mates our brothers and he is one of them uh, trying to to benefit financially that's where, definitely, where definitely. on a weekly basis yes he does need that help because he keeps pissing it up the wall mm-hmm. and and that's where i i struggle to have much um compassion. no I, I mean that individual case aside like go moving on. on to your point go on please do an interview here huge <laughs> <laughs> seriously moving on to your point um it's it's a very it's a very sad subject um it's i mean it's it's disastrous is the, is the wrong word it's a very pertinent subjects and i think with what you're about to say um i would agree that that people are unable to help themselves um and i, I don't think you can rely on self-help for that um i i don't know what the answer is um i know what's helped me has been having a fantastic group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes you can't speak to them. Um, Nick Goldsmith, I mentioned earlier on, uh, I had a, a bit of a, a down period six weeks ago, four mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I didn't phone him. And that's rare. And it's, it's quite bizarre as well. And I only realized last week, and I thought, actually, I haven't checked in on him for a while. Um, don't ask me the reason behind it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's one of those examples, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's, I think what should we focus on at the moment with mental health? Um, 
And when I say when I when I talk about mental health, obviously it's a, I'm talking not just about military. It's 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 everyone. Like everyone has mental health issues. It's, it's how you get it's how you get them. It's it's the it's the, how you get them that is is a different thing, right? Mm. But it it's the same. It's the same solutions applied at all. Yeah, I, I, the, the same solution can be applied, right? You know, but obviously there's different conversations you have with the therapist and stuff like that. But oh god, I forgot what I was going to bloody say then. The bloody hell I was going to say. What did you say, Nick Goldsmith? What was I about before that? I've completely lost my chair. So, in, in terms of contacting people when when you do need help, I, I said I didn't. I didn't pick up the phone to Nick, which is which is rare. Yeah. I, I, ah, sorry. Yes, I was going to say. So, I we've got an. There is an issue at the minute. No, well, the issue is always there. The mental health issue always be there. It's been, it's been here for decades. Been yeah. here for decades, right? But. Because of we're in the flipping inf- the age of information, right? But this this yeah. is a really interesting subject. Go on, keep going. <laughs> no, I I, I I I love this. I I read a right? fantastic article in um uh, whatever newspaper or, or online <clears throat> not long ago about this, uh, and someone said asked a question: What's different from 1919? I thought, yeah, that that is so true. Mm. What is different? Mm. Um, and you know, it's unfortunately that the statistics are there that warfare then was on a completely different scale from what our generation have experienced. You know, I'm not saying it was it was worse, because for some people, last last decade was worse mm-hmm. for some people. But so what has changed? I think you're right. The information people are now aware of it. Um, there is now a lot of hype about it on in social media and and the general media, which is good. It being it, mental health. Yes, sorry. No, and, 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 sorry, yes, and 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 specifically, I'm I'm talking about about um, about uh, war or not necessarily war, but you know, um, major events triggered uh, major events triggering an issue. So this applies to emergency services as as well. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a well publicized fact now. That the the numbers are quite high of people who who are either asking to be helped or who need to be helped. Um, so what's different? And I'm sort of going back to and passing this back on back to you because you, I, I I butt in which um, my girlfriend Lucy constantly says I'm really annoying. <laughs> um, so yeah, sorry. Going going back to to where you were there. What's different? So I. So let's take nineteen nineteen, mate. This is this is a fucking can of worms here, right? Nineteen nineteen. Hey. <clears throat> that. What's different now? You could argue that um, you could argue that uh, war, uh, battle. We'll do, listen. We'll focus on an aspect. We'll focus on PCS, PTSD because that's what you and I know, as yeah. in directly or indirectly, right? We, we definitely know people experience it, experience it, and have experienced it and, and struggling with it. Or don't struggle with it and get out of it. Anyway, whatever. You can argue that nineteen nineteen war then was um, or battle then was just as impactful on the on the on the mind as it is now. Mm. Yeah. So and and there was there was probably just as many wars then as there are now. They're probably more horrific the way it was fought back then, yeah. Um so uh why would PTSD be? Why would mental health issues be rising now? Why would PTSD be rising now on the rise now? Right. 
that um well one one issue one reason could be that it's just reported more mm. it's reported more could be one. yeah um so like you're saying we've got more avenues of, of communication and 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 the age information more people as you said are aware of it they're aware of it and what it can do so again goes back to the reporting thing yeah um the other issue could be maybe maybe it's not more than what it was it's just reported more so it's the same as what it was it's yeah. a mental health issue ptsd is the same as what it used to be it's just overreported and now we know it's called ptsd there's an issue it's not Battle shock or whatever, whatever you call it, shell shock. Mm. Used to call it. Um, maybe it's because because of the information age we're in, and the amount of stimuli that we're exposed to, and the amount of information that we're exposed to, and knowing that is shit going on all over the world, and knowing that because of Facebook that um, your you know your your best mates, dogs, nans child died in Australia last week, which you may never have ever known. So because of all that, that generally our our psychological states are are less capable of absorbing catastrophic incidents because of all this shit anyway. It's sort of in a heightened state of chaos because you've got all this other information. What's it like when you turn off your phone and you chuck away, chuck away your phone and don't have it for two days? It's, it's amazing. When you isolate yourself, when you go on a holiday and you go, oh, right, phone's going away, laptop's going off, even for you, you'd be like, well, I'll do it for a day. You know, laptop's going off. It's amazing. Why is that? You're restricting the information you've got on yourself so you can focus on yourself. Yeah. On what you enjoy, where you like going, you think about things, what you want to think about, and minimize the external influence on that. So, because there's more of that stimuli, more external, it's, it's horrendous. We just bombarded, bombarded. I find it really difficult to focus. Um, and this is what I'm talking about this because I do, I, I, I look at it a lot, think about it a lot. You know, turn my phone off, I feel fucking awesome. It's not going to be addicted to my phone. I feel well. I feel also. I feel better. You know, the, the less out external influences stimuli on me, the better. I can, I can, like I said, focus on myself. Think about what I need to do, and think about tasks at hand, and not get distracted. Yeah, and then, so is it because we are, like I said, there's, there's, there's more going on in a general general daily basis in your head, mm-hmm. hourly basis in your head, so that we are less able to cope with now. We as as a as a race. We are less able to cope with um, catastrophic incidents mentally. We're less mentally fit and robust compared to what we were in nineteen nineteen. That's another. But that's that's a maybe. I don't know. You know, the, uh, the, my point is, it's that would if any of these things. If it's if it's just because stuff's getting reported more, it's not. So mental uh, PTSD hasn't actually increased. It's getting reported more. Um, awareness of PTSD has increased, but PTSD itself hasn't increased. Or the other thing, like with the age of information, that bombardment of, of which is less mentally resilient. Well, none of those say that um, PTSD issues have increased. Mm, I agree. Now, here's uh, another way to look at it. I don't know if any of that made sense. It did make did complete it? sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> okay. I, I, I wish I, I wish I had a, a good enough mind to remember where, um, the article that I uh, that I read. Um. But it, it it raised a couple of other points in their face, and, and and certainly two of what you you mentioned, Hugh, um, were in this article. And another one was the fact that life was a lot cheaper eighty years ago, hundred years ago, mm. than it is now. I mean, I came back from West Africa yesterday, and I haven't been out to Africa for four years, having worked out there quite a lot on and off over the, over the last decade. 
And I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten that, you know, life is still relatively, and unfortunately as well, cheaper than it is in our new 2018. What reminded you? Explain. The people, the people, like, if we listen to this, and they might have a fucking clue what you're on about. There's an expectation out there, for example, that um, young, yeah, young children can die very easily, and it's unfortunate. Crack on, move on, have the next one. Um, yeah, that that alone. But going back to 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 why I uh, I mentioned this, I think that if you'd been able to die, you know, subconsciously diagnose these cases <coughs> after after the last two big wars, you're right. Statistically. We probably would be roughly where we are now, but it wasn't known of, it wasn't reported, and the only cases that they were aware of were the horrific shell shock cases where people were unable to function, um, and they basically, you know, half their brains <coughs> shut down, some permanently. So let's then look at the lower end of the spectrum, the complete opposite. It was shrugged off as you know, bad nightmares, and you know, you're lucky to be alive go back to work after you've been demobbed. So the the middle, which is always going to be your bulk, you know, you've got your two extremes, the middle, whatever, 80%, um, is going to be the bulk of your cases, and they're all going to identify themselves differently. In you know, the 1920s, 1930s, for example, you know, we had the Great Recession in 1926. If you didn't go to work because you were having a, a bad day, um, then there was a very good chance that you wouldn't eat because you wouldn't get paid. If you didn't eat, you died. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. We're very lucky in the society we live in now, yeah, and certainly comparing it to where I was yesterday. You get hit by a car here, you'll be scooped up by an ambulance within, depending on which county you're in, but yeah, in, in a fairly short space of time you get hit by a car in some other countries or if you've been hit by a by a horse and cart 100 years ago in this country um if if you survived then the chances are that a you may not get taken to a clinic and if you do it's going to be in the back of a toyota hilux or in the back of a donkey cart mm. um and i think there's just a, a level of expectation now uh, in and this is not just in England, it's in Northwest Europe, the States, etc. That, um, I'm not saying that we're entitled to anything, but I, I think that in a roundabout sort of way, it means that people are more willing to, to identify if they, if they are struggling with something, which is good. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means saying this is a bad thing, but I think it helps explain why, you know, we didn't have this situation. And it, nothing annoys me more than, than hearing, People have got no understanding for, for the job that the military or the emergency services do. Um, and I don't just limit it to emergency services. You know, you, you start looking at the other Cat 1 and Cat 2 responder agencies, um, you know, the, the highway guys. Um, you know, they're often first on scene at multi-vehicle RTCs on, on strategic roads. You know, there's this list of, of people who are regularly put in a situation where they are seeing, listening, smelling some pretty nasty incidents. Um, yeah, so sorry, what I was trying to say there was that there's nothing annoying more when some very well opinionated, non 
responsive professional, let's call it, um, tells you how we're now weak or one of the other words I've heard, I've heard bands about lately. Mm. Um, yes, there are more cases and, and yes, some are, some are not warranted. And unfortunately there will always be a degree of, um, dishonesty, which is, um, a great shame that goes back to the, to the, um, to the homeless um, discussion. Um, the other point, I can't remember. Let's go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when I was working in the Middle East, did CP and, uh, or PSD. <clears throat> and, um, I, there was a guy, <laughs> the guy there, and I, I, I just written my book and he said, uh, we had stood there shaving. It was like a shared ablution and, um, shared ablution. I right? just sort of sinks next to each other. It was like the block, you know, <laughs> we stood there in the morning, we're shaving. <clears throat> And he goes, he said, um, I'm going to write a book. I said, oh yeah. He said, can you help me with it? I said, yeah, mate, whatever you need, I'll you know, give you a hand, proofread, whatever. He said, I said, what's it about? He said, PTSD. I said, fair play. And he's excellent. I said, fair play, yeah, mate. I said, good effort. I said, uh, what about PTSD? Oh, about it's all fucking bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> I, said, I, looked, I, looked, I looked at him in the mirror, right? I looked, and it, I looked in the mirror right, to, thought, to think, is this a joke? And he was, he was serious. And I, he was deadly serious. And I said, um, what do you mean? And he went, it's all fucking bollocks, isn't it? I said, but what do you mean? He said, um, he said, well, what I think is it's all bullshit. So, so, um, how the blokes can't let go. <laughs> I, I, thought, I was thinking of good luck with that one. I was mm-hmm. like, get, get ahead and write that one. But it's that, again, it comes back to that attitude. He may even be listening to it. It probably is. I think I still on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I have spoken to him since. <laughs> not 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 willing anyway. And uh and it's that like you're saying there, it's that um uh, misunderstanding of yeah. uh things. It's like you know, which is why I come, I come back to when you were saying about um there's gonna be a degree of self help in there. Now I've been in, in a position um where my life is no more difficult than someone else's average complicated life i'd argue you know and then other people would say no you fucking talking shit but no that's the case you know i, I, I fucking sat you in a podcast dog you know what i mean but there's been <clears throat> regularly and this is regular is yeah there you go i can made a mistake there use the kind <laughs> the present tense um where to self-help for, for me to get myself, I know I need to do it. I know I need to pick myself up. I know I need to square my shit away. The the effort it takes, yeah, mm. like, it's indescribable. I it's indi- especially when um, I also consider myself in some ways very, very capable. It's indescribable. It's indescribable. You know, I've had financial issues. I've had a number of different issues. And I've had help. You know, I've had help. I spoke to you before. And and I've ended up in some regards going back down the pan when I've been in a, f- a brilliant position because of charities helped me out and and different organisations NHS helped me out you know and I've ended up in a brilliant position and then six months later I'm in a horrendous position again hmm. and it's because the self help wasn't there it, it, uh, but it, it, but because it wasn't there I have my opinions on why it wasn't there you know is um, at those times. Um, uh, but my point is, I, phew, 
so difficult. Not for everyone, Doug. And I, I understand what I understand what I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing what you're saying because you explained it. But it just it reminded me of what you said there. It's like for some people it's horrendous. Other people fucking sort yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and don't 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 rely on it. Like I don't rely on the fact that like look if I if I if I imploded today, you know, again, right? If I imploded today and um and I don't know, I lost all my money, I lost my house. You know, my missus wasn't let me see the kid. My ex missus wasn't let me see the kids. I know that there are people who would turn around, people in charity and organisation charities who would get, who would do everything. They would throw everything they could at me mm. to just get me back on. Get me mm. back. But yeah. I don't rely on that. I don't want to be that person. I don't mm. want to be that person. I want to be Hugh Kia who stands his own two feet and fucking lives life. I'm 36 years old. Well, 37. I changed my birthday. 30, 36 years. I'm 36 years old. Do you know what I mean? But then at the same time. Ask me how easy it is to give myself self help. <laughs> Sometimes, mate, it is hideous. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's a daily battle. You, you just, you know, you just admitted two very interesting things. The first one is that you are technically older than me, and uh, the second one is it is to to step into that realm of self help. Um, I, I, I'm very lucky. You know, it, it's only been a couple of occasions where I've been, you know, completely wiped out and, and I, I, I'm unable to take that step myself um, and, and fairly recently I had a I had a bad few days and um, I, I'm very lucky that my fiance Lucy completely understands me and you know that that in, in itself is, is a huge commitment for a partner massive commitment um, and I think we often underestimate um, what the, the other the other side of the relationship goes through and um she actually she, she didn't snap me out of it she gave me that little push that i needed to get the first rung on the ladder of the self-help climb and i'm fine you know a few days it, it, it literally was it was it's quite a quick recovery it was you know a week just to pull myself out of a really bad dark hole um but once i had that first rung I was, I was able to do that in general on my own um, with with the help from a few, a few other friends. Mm. Um, yeah. It'd be great if we had the answer right now, wouldn't it? I know, yeah. It's funny, interesting you mentioned that about Lucy because up until... up until... Mon- Sunday night. So this, this recently. Sunday night, Monday morning my partner my missus wouldn't be someone I would go and do when I was feeling like shit and speak to mm. I would just fucking yeah, yeah shut just down. it out yeah, and just yeah. go I'd speak to other people yeah there's no detriment to my, my partner but because historically as I'd gone to and spoken to him and so they sort of knew the history of everything and 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 um and well and I didn't want to talk to her because I'm a fella and I should be Sure. I should be 100%. I'm, I'm the man. I'm the yeah. man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm ex-military and, you know, I do the podcast and, and uh, you know, I, I I got a job and, you know, I, I I keep fit and, well, yeah, I keep fit and so so to then go and discuss something that would that could be perceived as a weakness and that's, yeah, there. Because you, you know, it's like, well, how's she going to take that? And what's her opinion on things? You know, um, does she understand sort of the mental health side of things, and or is she one of those people who just fucking get a grip? Just get a grip yourself. Mm. Talking about it, you know. And until Sunday, Monday, I hadn't been, and we had a conversation on Monday. 
Again, I had a fucking dark, like you're saying, you had recently a dark, dark time, and I, I spoke to her Monday, and and since that point, uh, so I'm going through that mm. self-help thing, literally, at the minute, mate, at mm. the, like, as we speak, um, and but since that Monday, I started talking to her, that's like a weight off my shoulders, and and I think that I'm very close to turning to making a, a really significant leap in where I am. Yeah, but, uh, that first rung like you're talking about, which is why it's interesting you mentioned Lucy. It's, it's the same thing with Mrs. Kate. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's where I'm at because the closest person to me is your best friend. Yes, and now I can speak to her. Yeah, and now I don't have to worry about what she thinks. And now it's I can I can if I feel like shit. I don't have to try and get away from her, you hide from her and make a phone call or got this it's it's all there. It's all yeah. in the open. Yeah. You know, the person close to you understands it. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. I think women, they, women they, mate, women. Yeah. Love them and hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only love you, see he only loves you, he doesn't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that there's there's a fear as well that um yeah, aside from the the, the you know the as you as you rightly said, you know, you want to be the man in the house and, and and you know, be the alpha, not the alpha male in, in that sense, but the strong, alpha the, male, absolutely. The, yeah, the 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 strong, oh, poor Kate, <laughs> the strong uh, person in the relationship. Um, I understand that, that you don't want to let go of that. Um, when I say you, I mean you know, the collective mm. amongst all, everyone in our, in our in our in our in our lives, you know, group, etc. But the other side of it, which which does still concern me, is that you don't want to put so much pressure on a person to nurse you that it then affects them. Um, and let's not confuse this with, with someone who, who ends a relationship because, um, and uses the fact that they're nursing the, the, the other side of the relationship. Um, and they use that as an excuse to, to break. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that, we shouldn't take for granted having that person who could just give us a nudge in the right direction. And I don't think it's a tool that should be used on every single occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I know Lucy will want to always give me a push in the right direction when I'm going wrong, um, I, I wouldn't want her to have that pressure mm. of constantly being like that. And, you know, I, I saw quite a, a, a moving post on, I'll go back to social media again. I said I didn't like social media and it's all like, Seems like you're on it all the time, though. <laughs> I did actually turn my phone off last week for five days. Did you? Really? Yes, great. Came, yeah, yeah, came yeah, back yeah. to 750 yeah. emails. <laughs> um, there was a post on, on our group, uh, which you may have seen last week, from a, from a chap um, who said, um, he was asking for advice. He said that he was, you know, relationship was not good. Lost his dog, I believed. Uh, and he said, you know, what, what, what can I do? And I started writing and it, I couldn't express myself. Um, which is, you know, being a non-grad officer, um, 12 years to get to captain, <laughs> being a non-grad officer, um, is, is not surprising. But what I, what I wanted to say to him and, and for anyone else out there, um, and this is something I've learned very recently because I nearly, I nearly blew it all away through my own stupidity. Turn the phone off and go for a walk. Now, now, what that going for a walk involves, and what it look like, what it looks like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to cost money, but it's making time for that person who will help you get onto that first rung. Um, 
And you know, Lucy, you know, I, I know you'll listen to this one day, probably at the moment actually. Um, uh, I I understand how difficult I was to live with. Um, and I think we all know, we all know when we're doing it as well, that's the hard thing. Um, but you can't see it. And there's a big difference in knowing about it mm. and actually being able to see it. Um, so yeah, if, if, if that chap who wrote that post on, on, uh, on Facebook the other day, um, is listening to this, just make time for her. Um, you know, go, go for that walk, mm. chew the fat, turn your phone off, um, get off Facebook and, and go and find a nice cozy pub that doesn't have sky sports and have a pint of water or a beer, mm. you know, catch up with a, with a mate. Don't take your phones. Um, and I, I think we're losing that that art of communication. You know, the, I think you and I are just young enough to remember, <clears throat> just young enough, just old enough, just old enough, there we go. We're just old enough to remember pre-smartphones in, in, a, in a sort of adult social environment. Well, there's a new term for us, isn't there? Old? Zennials. You know, you don't know this? Zennials. So you get millennials. Am I going to like this? I, I don't know. I, 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 well, I agree with it. I agree with the definition of it. Do we need a different term? I don't know. Let's do it. Let's so do a Zennial, right? I'll go on to something now. Exactly. A Zennial is someone who grew up analog. No, was so was a child analog and in our adulthood, adulthood became digital. Yeah. So we grew up with no mobile phones, mate. Yeah, no, nothing. And then when the mobile phones did come, there was, <laughs> was a briefcase. It was a brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went digital, and it was text. It was a uh, you know mobile, yeah, uh, mobile yeah. and all that. That's it. Analog, digital. So we've experienced both in a conscious element. Right? Mm. I do think, and I've been thinking about this a hell of a lot recently. I do think that the, the my my kids' generation, my kids are nine and thirteen, right? I think, or definitely my youngest generation. I think that we are in for in about 15 20 years time we are in for a fucking shocker not even that long 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. time we're in for a fucking shocker because the the their generation are going to grow up so different to what we are mm. I, I don't think see people don't even realize it and, and I'll, I'll say this one one this this one reason why you and i grew up um you wanted to go if you were just spend time doing stuff right you spent time either in your own thoughts in your bedroom or out and about yeah well that's what you did you're out and about or you're in your bedroom or you're doing stuff for your parents or you're doing stuff for your mates right it was so you were always doing things physically doing things or you were mentally doing things in your head thinking because you had nothing to consume your time you know maybe a, we had maybe a cassette player yeah, you listen to cassette player, but you consume your own thoughts, very self-aware, very self-conscious, you know, compared to what they are now, all right? Very active, knowing what the word's like, going out and experiencing things, real things, real things. Yeah. My kids' generation, they're growing up, and unfortunately, look, I, my, their mum's a great mum, right? Mum's a great mum. Um, but the, what they're growing up is they are growing up 90%, only 10% of doing that. Not even that of what we do. Yeah. You know, even with the great parents, even with the great, the greatest parents, right? Um, well, with the exception of the ones that don't give them smartphones at all. Even with the greatest parents, those kids with like that access to information, they are not experiencing a, a fraction of what we did. So their entire childhood and growing up is a completely different to us. 
Yeah. Completely different. Mentally. Completely different, Doug. Completely different. So in 10, 15 years' time, when they start getting to late teens and adulthood, they're going to be completely different. It's going to be a whole generation, the first generation of a whole generation of people who will have a whole generation of different mental health, men, uh, mental issues. Yeah, I can see it coming. Complete disconnect from, from, from society, as in the society above them, because everyone, and just that, the lack, like you said there, lack of real communication. Switch your fucking phone off. Talk to me. Don't Snapchat me. I'm in the next room. Talk to me. Go out and meet friends. Go out and go for a walk around the park. Go out and, I don't care. Just go and chuck stones to the window of the derelict building over there. I don't mind what you do. Mm. But go and just experience that. Now, is that wrong or is it right? Okay. Well, I, I, I think you're 100% right. No, no, no. I mean, is it, is it wrong or is it right that they, that's the way they are now? Right? It's evolution, right? That's how we're evolving. That's how life is going at the minute. And that's the way they are. But I think for the, until we fully understand it, until, until it can be tempered and, and the, 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 in fact, I don't think it ever will be. I, I think, I think it's fact. I think it's, it's that, that first generation is going to have huge issues. And, and then as, as we die off and all the generations of that generation who grew up, smartphones, this, that, and the other, complete physical disconnect, but com- a complete immersion in, you know, um, um, uh, smart devices and, and mm. just that fucking internet, right? That then all of a sudden every generation on earth is, or in a first world country, is that generation. Then, then it changes then. Everyone's the same, but it'd be a completely different society. Can you imagine? I don't know. It frightens me. I, I, I dread, I dread to think my eldest is different. My eldest doesn't have a huge reliance on being on a phone and this and that. And I, I love that about her. I hate it because I'll text her and I don't get a fucking reply. Right? Or it's like Russian roulette if I get a reply, you know? <laughs> not, Russian, not Russian roulette. It's roulette if I get a reply. My youngest is different. Yeah. It's completely different. And it frightens me because, because, um, for, for real proven things, like the blue light thing. You know, you, you shouldn't be on your phone. This is, this is science recommended. You should not be on your phone, a couple of two, a smart device two to three hours before you go to bed, because it disrupts your sleep pattern. And I'll, I agree with that, right? I agree with it. I, to the point where now I try, when I remember, my phone goes on charge, goes downstairs. I bought an alarm clock in my room, so I don't need the alarm on my phone. Because then I, because I go on my phone, I have to go to my phone to switch it off. And then sometimes, depending on what's going on, I'll pick it up and read it. And then guess what? I've read my emails. Okay, check. okay, Facebook. Okay, BBC News. Okay, uh, um, is, I, I know I could reel off the ten different things I've gone check. Why the fuck am I checking them? Yeah, habit, habit. But then in the middle of the night, I'm checking it because why? Because it's a habit, you know. But the blue light thing, you've got um, well, the microwave is causing cancer in your head. That's bullshit. But yeah, the blue light thing's a big one. Blue light thing's a big one. Plus, you look at the screen. You look at the screen five inches in your face all the time. Their eyesight's going to change. They're going to have eyesight issues in the old day. Mate, the list goes on. It's yeah, you, I'm, I'm you, worried. You, you said something very interesting just now. You said maybe it's just evolution. You know, what are we as a human race? What are we going to look like in, in 200 years' time? That That's, um, I'm not saying physically, but, you know, what's going to be around us? Mm. You know, that, that's, you, you, you look at sort of the, the ni- early 1990s and late 1980s versions of uh, a Star Trek um, you know, forget about the supersonic space travel, but everything else could be fairly accurate. Uh, Star Trek, yeah, they're in space though. Yeah, I said forget about the space travel. I'm talking. Oh, about sorry, else. I'm talking about the technology. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking they're not on Earth. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, um, it's sad, isn't it? And I, and I, I think you're right. I think that at the moment we're we're spiraling towards a um a, a very dangerous future. Uh, but anyway, we'll be worm food by then. Yeah. Yeah, or will we? 
yeah, stem true. cell treatment and uh, yeah. CRISPR technology. Maybe not. We could still be kicking around, mate. The world would be a much happier place. Yeah, doing the uh, Royal Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought any more about um, having a horse patrol? <laughs> Do you know what? We we did start um, putting that together. Did you? Yeah, well, that was your idea, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we started putting that together. Um, and it nearly took off. What? Very, very close. It just wasn't enough um, year one guaranteed income off it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I mean, the assurance was pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also there was... It's very easy to get lured into that. Are you starting to be too much like a police force? Um, because you can't... You know, like We have a, a containment cell now. You know, guys in in in, oh, really? in in riot gear basically um in, in, in really yeah but it's it's purely and i i, I make it very clear it is a con- it's a containment ability so when you have let's say you're you're at an event which has got no local policing and you know that your your <clears> response <throat> could be 10 15 minutes away firearms could be half an hour away um it's purely four guys who who've who've got the necessary background skills and continuity training and we've trained together under wh um to deploy in invests with four foot shields and a right helmet just to take out um either a corrosive substance or or bladed article attack that's pretty cool mate. Pretty i cool. hope we never have to use it no yeah i know but that's pretty uh no i say pretty cool and by that i mean that's cool having that capability yeah do you um <clears throat> Do you so for the big events that you do? Do you do you use that the fact that you've got that? Do you do any? Do you present any information to any of the you know the crowd? Not crowd, but people, the other people, spectators, and all the rest of it. No. As a deterrent? No, no, no. And we don't advertise it openly either. Um, there's a, there's a very very, very soft, small softly paragraph. softly would go right by the way. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a paragraph about it under our special ops page um, on our website. Oh, okay, but that's it. Um, and I think it's unfortunate that we have to. I mean, they're, they're, we got quite a lot of criticism to start with. And um, well, for having it, yeah. Um, From who? Fa- what kind fa- of Facebookers? Facebook. <laughs> um, oh, did you put it on Facebook? Uh, no, no, no. This is someone actually. Someone took a picture of us. Um, at an event last year um the reason behind it uh and this is um i, I love this conversation because i'm right um <laughs> <laughs> you have every conversation <laughs> i'm right every time <laughs> no I'll, I'll explain it so uh, in in the uk event industry there's now going to be and there has been for a while it started with the ambulance service but more of an onus on the event organizers to be self-sufficient to up and to major incident level so for normal everyday incidents and also serious incidents there's an expectation by something called sag which are county-led safety advisory groups mm-hmm. um that the the event can stand on its own two feet because if you think um let's let's just call let's say the 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 doug and hugh steam fair um has a footfall of ten thousand a day and it's popping up just outside warwick and Warwick has only got 800 coppers across the whole force. And you'll drop... Warwickshire? Yeah. 800. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I believe. I'm, 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 if my, yeah. I believe it's that. Yeah. So you are then um, basically putting a town in of 10,000 people 
on a on a on a, a public service police fire ambulance which is already under huge strain massive strain fire service because they've got a much bigger ground to cover these days there's less retained stations there's less small stations ambulance service just because they're run ragged and we're lucky to live in west mid's ambulance service area you know they're a fantastic organization very well run um and their crews are brilliant um as all the crews are across the country you've got a police force which as i said earlier um is often running on on skeleton or minimum manning uh and then doug and hugh decided to put on this great steam fair which is going to have its own inherent problems you, you you're going to have people who have cardiac arrests strokes um fights domestics thefts burger van catches fire you know it, it's inevitable so so what i'm coming to with this is that the onus is now on on, on the events to be more self-sufficient with, with normal day-to-day stuff yes the ambulance service police service and the fire service will attend but they can't guarantee sending the whole cavalry you know 10 15 years ago if you called a job in you'd a have your first set of blues coming through the gates in five six minutes but also that'd be the first of seven vehicles mm. now I, I, we sat on a prisoner um that we, we'd next uh for a violent assault not long ago sat on them for two and a quarter hours before we got the first double crew police got there yeah let's put that in perspective mm. we had a fire because we've got two fire engines now by the way um we had a fire, we had a fire um in a lorry uh in june and, and this is no criticism of, of the fire service at all um it's purely the fact of, of how few assets they've got we'd already my guys had deployed to it put a ba crew in forced entry extinguish the fire taking the burning stuff out and we're rolling you know, taking the ba kit off and we're rolling up the, uh, the high pressure wheel hose when the first county truck pulled in uh, and it had run from a long it wasn't the nearest town because all their basically their two retain stations were off the run and um and the the nearest two full-time appliances were the, uh, an rtc so that the backup appliance was coming from the next town which was miles away mm. so going back to this containment thing uh, and some of the other things that we offer um we're not trying to replicate what the emergency services are doing um what we are doing is we're offering a very quiet and discreet service to our clients so that they can stand on their own two feet it may just be a rapid response or containment um, thing it's not there to start prosecuting to lock people up to you know do open heart surgery um or, or to tackle major major blazes or do complex rescues it's there just to bridge that gap mm. so when something does go really wrong they know um that they are a compliant and be looking after people as much as they can, and we can, uh, and, until you can hand it over. How do you um, how do you train your fire guys? So some of our guys are serving or uh, <coughs> retired firefighters. Yeah. Some are retained. Um, then we've also got probably about fifteen guys who've done maritime, and then they just do. You remember? The, did you do maritime? No. Okay. Well, they do something called SDCW ninety five, which is like, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. There's a fire two. Two and a half day firefighting element in that. Um, we then do an uplift package on it to mm-hmm. make it a, a bit more user friendly and a bit more um, there's a bit more theory involved, um, mm-hmm. and then quite a lot of practice. So our fire crews are either what we what we call retained, so they have a, a security role, i.e. a non static role, mm-hmm. but can then attend, you know, run back to control, jump in the truck, and go and do whatever. 
or they're dedicated. And if we're doing dedicated fire cover, um, then those crews tend to be professional firefighters. Hmm. Well, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I I remember you had one fire engine before. Well, the old Land Rover. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I hadn't sold that. Have you got a proper engine now? Yeah. Proper, like a red one. Yeah, I've got two red ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Oh, I was going to ask you a question then. What is uh, at the Royal Windsor, yep. which is a mental event? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't envy you. I love it. It's. I it, enjoy it. I enjoyed it. My it's one of my top three yeah, out of the hundred and sixty we do. Yeah, yeah, it's good, mate. Um, Royal Windsor Horse Show. What is the most challenging issue you've ever had to face there that you can talk about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what amused me when when go on go on go on. I'm surprisingly. I think that my my answer um, will surprise you because of the location. There's obviously a huge and and the visitors, both both national and foreign heads of state. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a a huge operation in place of which we are a a relatively minor cog. Um, and we deal with a lot of incidents um, at any big events. I mean, you know, we we had a, a, a you know a non-politically or, or war-motivated um, incident there a couple of years ago, which was which was pretty major. Um, you obviously get all your big medicals, you get your horse entrapments, um, you get your public order, you get the, <clears throat> some members of the travelling community come in and decide to to have a massive ruck with another family. Um, that's day to day. That happens everywhere. That's life. You know, that's the same as going into any town or city in the UK now. The challenging part is managing bona fide members of the public's expectations. And this slightly goes back to what we've, what some of the theme um, from tonight is there's, a, there's a, a, often a, a sense of entitlement these days. You can't speak to me like that, or you should be doing a better job, or your job's worth. You know, it's, People, people not only lose that art of communication, but they also lose respect for each other. Um, and if it doesn't go their way, they're very selfish. Mm. And that could be as as minor as having to wait in a, you know a queue to get in for five minutes, and then the abuse that these people hurl at the eighteen, nineteen year old volunteer steward who's doing the ticket checking is unbelievable. That's the most challenging. Me not getting arrested for sticking my legs <laughs> on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 sad, you know the um, the way people do speak to to volunteer stewards um, or to show officials, and it's not just in the event industry. I mean, let's let's face it, it's it's everywhere now. You, it's rare you get on a train now and not hear not hear the the, the ticket chap being abused. Um, I, I won't go down the traffic warden, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different <laughs> they're, they're fair that's boring yeah they're fair, they're fair game <laughs> no I mean seriously how, yeah. do they, how do they do that job what drives <laughs> you right now I understand I understand that like I understand why parking needs to be controlled right <laughs> but how on earth do you volunteer you, how do you go and think I'm going to be a traffic warden <laughs> what kind of person are you <laughs> what kind of person are you because you know you're going to get abused 
every day. And you know when you're walking down the street and you've got that box around your, <laughs> your, your hip, you know, with a big flipping thing that takes the photos and they punch in, and, yeah. play, and they do you fine with, right? And you've got your hat on. You know everyone's looking at you and hates you they <laughs> hate you how do they do it i don't know well, I, I, I think they must get paid mega bucks to do that there's there's got to be two different types of people isn't there? there's either got to be that ruthless person <laughs> who does not care and I, I know a couple of people like that who, who literally you know you and i are fairly thick-skinned but we're look someone will always find an emotional soft spot on us but some of these people literally do not care um at all God. and then there's there's the other type of person who is incredibly diligent and um very stringent on rules mm, yeah very i can be like that but i wouldn't be a fucking jumping <laughs> one <laughs> I would yeah right now i know yeah i know now i know what you mean but still <clears throat> jesus I want, I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm gonna remind me after this. I'm gonna dig out and just, I'm gonna look for a, a traffic warden application like <laughs> thing, job description and see how much they get paid. It's gotta be mega bucks. Because I'm not, I can't imagine they got people banging down the door at the recruitment office. They're going, what's your career path? Hmm. <laughs> what do you want to do when you get older? Hmm. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to be a traffic warden and be the most hated fucking person in that town, on that street, on that day, all the time. It must be hideous. Because they, they, you know, there's no longer any, um, any, uh, what, bar, I think a few special places have got them, like, um, yeah, Parliament Square, for example. But there's no longer any national, you know, what you and I would know as, as an old-fashioned traffic warden with the, you know, the uh, sort of amber or yellow stripe. You know, the police had oh, really? black and white and the traffic wardens had black and, and yellow. And they oh. were they worked for the police. They they were you know, it was an appointed position. That's been scrapped. So now it's it's working for either a civilian uh parking enforcement officer, I think they're called, yeah. or for local authority. Yeah. I borough councils. <sighs> yes, mate. Here's another question for you. Go on. Um Oh. Why are there no why are there no warning signs, right? No. No, ignore that one. I'm talking shit. Ignore that one. Did you think about this last week stitched me up? What? Whatever you're about to ask me. No, no, I I don't prep for this. I fucking hell. I'd I'd look two days and go, oh we've got on Thursday. Oh fuck it's dog. <laughs> I get some entertainment out with dress sense. <laughs> How do you do your recruiting? Do you have um? Do you have any Good question? Do you have any criteria like like um? We won't have anyone with a criminal record, or nope. oh yeah, no, no. Nope. Nope. Mm. Um, I, I'm not going to mention people by name. No, no, it's fine. um, because I, I also haven't got their, their permission. Uh, I've got a, a number of guys who have got uh, convictions, um, for various different things. Some have been overseas, as you as you know, um. And and I'm really glad that that he, for example, came on board and, and we helped him get a leg onto the UK employment market. <clears throat> Some people wouldn't touch him, and I think that's that's wrong. Um, we've got other guys. Ah, yeah. Ah, okay, right, yeah. Um, we've got other guys <laughs> who. <laughs> yeah, you did look at me a bit blank. Am I that boring? <laughs> other guys who um, who've got convictions uh, in the UK for for either offences committed in the civil street or or in the military. What I don't allow. Uh, are offences of dishonesty uh, and offences of um, sexual 
What do you mean Next dishonesty? Time. Dishonesty being theft, fraud, deception. Oh, okay. anything, anything like that. Because whilst it may be a one-off offence, um, the sort of work we do mm. is um, it, it's not compatible for me to put people forward en masse. You know, I mean, sometimes we're, we're asking the police to, you know, for some of our tasks, we're asking the police to vet 100 staff, 100 CPOs, for example, for, for one week's work. Um, and it would, it's just, yeah, it just basically they wouldn't go through. Um, but people who have been, you know, they've done whatever, 180 days at Collie for banging two people out in the naffy and then getting discharged. Yeah, this, it's a case of you know, and you do. You grow up, you change, don't you? As, as you grow up, you you become less punchy and 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 you, you think and you speak um, before you start swinging. Well, in general, mm. um. So so that's pretty much the only um, the only thing that discounts people. What, and, and you'll know this from, from working with me, Hugh. That I'm, in, I th well, I, I'd say I'm incredibly laid back. A lot of people are going to laugh when they they hear me say that. <laughs> I, I am quite laid back. I, I don't mind people making mistakes. I, I make them on a daily basis. Um, I hate being lied to. Absolutely hate being lied to. And anybody who tries to cover up a mistake um, or lies to me is, is fair game. That's yeah, safe to catch off material. So when I look at the applications, and I, unfortunately I, I don't get to vet every single applicant now, and I, I wish I still, I still could, but um, uh, as we've grown, I've had to, pass some of that over so i probably only i probably only do about 10 20 percent of the of the applications myself or or, or pick about 10 20 percent to, to look over you see some brilliant cvs i mean they they are fiction writers <laughs> um and it's you know we we still vet through the old boys network i mean you know you've been very kind as as there's a load of other guys who we both know who have been fantastic over the years and in when you get that that gut feeling there's something not quite right and you pick up the phone you can say what's the score on this um and when it comes back great it, it may just be badly worded but some i mean some of the things that come back are horrendous and if if it comes back as as if there's any inconsistency i blatant lie yeah. straight in the bin yeah yeah when uh, when when um... <laughs> When I've done some recruiting in the past, my my first point of call, and it was lucky because it was relatively small amount of people we were recruiting for. Um, I think last time, how many was it? It was three last time. We had a lot of applicants. Yes, I say a lot. One hundred fifty applicants. It's a very specific specific set of skills we needed. Um, and my first point of call, I didn't, it wasn't just me doing the initial stage of it, but I did for like four phases of it. And it was me and two others. And I, but I set the criteria. I said, I said, okay, the first port of call is you, 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 me, you make sure they got what we require, qualifications wise, because we had no room for wiggle, qualifications wise. Then you go through every single qualification they've listed, because as part of the application, they were to put who they qualified with mm. and permission to contact them. You have to list every qualification, you go through every qualification they've got, and you confirm they've got every single one of those qualifications. And it, as, a, as, as like part two of the, uh, the CV troll, um, that's an epic. And it's not doable all the time. It's, not, it's impossible. Like, you couldn't do that. The amount of, uh, um, applicants, you get like a thousand applicants. When all this, you, you potentially bring up like 8,000 providers or whatever. But you go through and you make sure they've got every single one of the 
the qualifications say on there. Because the next stage after that is you go through and say, well, who do you want to keep? Because they're all qualified. Who should you keep? Mm. Well, if by that stage you've already got rid of the ones who bullshitted, because mm. you don't want liars, like you're saying, yeah. if you've bullshit in your CV, ta-da, yeah. bye. Yeah. So why even bother wasting your time on deliberating over whether they should be there or not when they've lied on? on. So that was that was that was like part one B was have they got what they say? Even when the qualification wasn't relevant, it's every qualification. If we didn't need first aid at work, we needed F pause, and they but they said they had first aid at work as well, and they haven't got it. <clears throat> well, fucking hell! By the way, you never qualified. And they said, "What? What are you doing? You know, or Prince yeah. Two Project Management? Yeah, Prince Two Project Management? And we're just recruiting for a CPO. Well, yeah, you haven't got Prince Two. You never qualified. You just made that up. Mm. You know. So what's the what's the Bobby Moore? Which is difficult. Oh, I haven't got it. Who's the provider? Oh, Can't remember. Oh. Yeah. See you later, Chubby. I don't need Prince 2. I think of fucking shit. Because you're dishonest. If exactly, exactly the yeah, same thing. Yeah. That, honestly, like, it's not doable on the grander scale, just because the amount of people it take in, in this CV on, system. On, 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 the, on quite a light <laughs> note, to, to, to finish that CV one off, I actually had an application. Oh, I can, I'll, I'll have a better note. Go on, go on. Oh, I don't know why it'll be better. Well, I'll finish right. it off. You can go, you can do You the finish off. You do the penultimate finishing off. Yeah, there we go. You, and then you tell the better one. So I had, I had an applicant um, <laughs> for years ago who, um, in his CV, had <clears> not only... Um, put down my regiment, put <laughs> my squadron on the same operational tour that I was on, and he definitely wasn't fucking there. Mm. But the second part of his military service named not only my reserve regiment, but also my squadron that I was too icy for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you you literally. I mean, it, it must have been his bad day. Yeah, um, it was great. I, I actually phoned him. It was fantastic. I, I wish I recorded the call. It was great. It would have, it would make me millions on YouTube. Yes, people are mad, aren't they? I had a, I had um, one of the jobs. I was I was, I was in again, I was out in Iraq. Um, we needed to recruit for I can't remember recruiting for. Was right, send us in CV, and we need a full length photo. <laughs> <laughs> and the CV came through. You mean you go? Okay, all right. There's a you know. So a couple of spelling grammatical areas, areas which I can recruit for. I ain't perfect, and military people definitely ain't perfect on the whole. Spelling out, who's the shit, right? So you just get past all that, right? Okay, CV seems all right. <coughs> Turn it over with a full page picture, <laughs> and it's, it's him, <laughs> this guy, right? And he's in jeans. He's in a pair of black, like military style boots. <clears throat> he's in. Uh, I cut some casual top. Okay, so, all right, he's not on a suit. All right, he's not on a suit. The main problem was that he was on a crazy golf course, <laughs> taking a shot. He's literally poised to take the shot on the crazy golf course with a club in hand. And I think it must have been his missus or something. Hello Kitty, pink bag on the floor behind him. So the full length he sent in for the job application was him taking a shot on a crazy golf course. It was fucking <laughs> You know, he goes, is this a joke? Is this a joke, mate? To, 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 to my opera, like, if you said this is, he said, no, mate, that's real. That's Please tell me you gave him a job. No, no, no. I kept the photo though. I blanked, I blanked the head. I need to find that photo. Oh, did not give him the job. No, he got no way. I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that he had a, you know, a, a firearm of some sort, uh, some sort that he, um, that he had a face go off taken when he's on his uh, his weapons course in Geneva or Poland, oh, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. we, we've had a couple of those recently, and I think it's quite sad, you know. The Eastern I, Bloc. The Eastern Bloc people. <laughs> no, no, no. The Brits. Oh. I mean, really. 
Well, they want to be. That's because they go for the, the containment the, unit. The, the, head, <laughs> the, head, the head and shoulders photograph. I, I, my officer needs if he doesn't need me to be able to see that you've fired seventeen rounds down the range. Yeah, it's sad, isn't no, it? I don't mean, I don't mean. But um, what? How long do you think you'll uh, stay at the helm at WHMG? How long do you want it? Do you want to keep doing it until you're old and old and decrepit? I don't know. It's. Uh, do you enjoy it? I love it. Why is that? Why, why do you enjoy it? Because it's mental, mate. You, it's like a back line. No one's catching it. It's crazy. Why do you enjoy it so much? So, some of this answer is quite sad, really. Um, I'll get the sad bit out of the way first. Number one is, is basically, um, I do have a, a, a very small um, squadron. Well, not even very small now. You know, sometimes we're running over 200, but I've got a sort of, yeah, a, a company plus size um, business. Uh, which is on the same structure, you know. Even our, our digital filing system is G one to nine. It's great. I know. I remember it all. I, you have, I, I love it. <laughs> but the thing is, the guys understand it. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that, that's the you know, before yeah. anyone listens to this and says, "Oh my god, that's that's really pathetic." There, there is reason behind it, and yeah. that is that people can understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes back to the uniform thing. Hey, if you go step into an organization, because I I thought you step into an organization, and all of a sudden you're getting a warning order, and you got you got part ones, right? And you're getting part ones, yeah. and um, you've got uh, you've got a um, crib card yeah. with your actions on, yeah. and, and even if you've been out ten years, you are flicking back into. I'm now part of, I'm not a military organisation. I'm part of an organisation. Yeah. I, I, I think this shit probably, uh, yeah. you know, you, it changes your mindset. It does, yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what people's backgrounds are as well. Um, it doesn't just have to be militaries, mm. yeah, and certainly not specifically army. Um, so being at the helm of that is is a great privilege, uh, I, and I I never underestimate um, the privilege of <clears> command, um, be it in the military or or in Civvy Street, and I've got, you know, three hundred and five people I think on the books, including the part time people and the subject matter experts and uh, and what have you, and they are incredible. Um, so that's the sort of soppy side. Um, it's fun. Do you know what? If if anybody ever asked me about, um, oh, I'm never gonna, I'm never, I'm never gonna make enough money or be important enough for anyone to ask me this question anyway. But if anyone did ask me, you know, what's your what's your best advice about business? Um, I'd say enjoy it. Yeah, you, I wake up in the morning genuinely, by the old day, and we, of course we all have bad days. Genuinely excited. Um, That's rare. Yeah. In all fairness, it is rare that I wake up generally excited, but it does happen. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, I, I do, Hugh, I, joking apart, I do enjoy it. Um, it's, it's a privilege to, to lead, manage, command um, these boys and girls, um, some of whom, you have to remember, are 30 years older than me. Mm. And the, the kicks that we get from being away at work... Um, are are numerous and it may not just be responsive it may not just be dealing with a a, a fire or major fight or a theft or you know, we chased off two arm robbers and for a mile and a half a couple of years ago rugby tackled them and nicked them oh i remember that yeah remember about that, that. Yeah, yeah were you yeah, there yeah, no, yeah, it was, no it was, it was there, after no, you finished yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, there's some really cool jobs going on out there um so, you know, stuff that some people only ever get if they join the emergency services or play computer games okay. but ultimately um, I feel like I'm making, although very small, I'm making a difference. 
uh, and that's both in terms of improving um, the service delivered uh, in the UK and, and to an extent overseas sometimes. Um, bear in mind that yeah, security is still classed as uh, non-professionally qualified, unskilled labour, and that includes close protection. I feel like we are beginning to change that. I'm getting to a stage where I can, you know, I'm being asked for advice and I can start to influence. And I, I, I want to keep going until I, until I am able to influence a little bit. I don't want to be a spearhead of anything. Um, but if government or indeed the industry um, and the Home Office turn around and say, can you advise on this or can you be a subject matter expert? I, I'd like to be in that position. Mm. Um, the other side of it which um i hope i'm making a small difference uh, and unfortunately i'm going to finish this with three very sad stories is that we are able to give people an opportunity out of a uniform service i wish i could offer more full-time jobs um and hopefully you know next year we'll be doing a bit more full-time recruiting and i hope that every year that 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 grows um because i i know a fair few People who, and this may not be mental health. This could be relationship issues, the inability to adjust um, in in civil life. It could it's be mental health, fi mental health, financial related. Yeah, I think probably right. Um, when the guys turn around and, and and literally pour their heart out about how you've got them out of a very deep hole, it's um, it's rewarding. And I don't normally do all that sort of stuff, so you know I'm fairly, like mm. I said earlier, I'm very black and white, I'm fairly emotionless. Um, but knowing that you've helped people, um, and not just by giving them freebies, but actually giving them a career, or, you know, in in, in some cases, and I certainly won't mention any names again, but, you know, <clears throat> for a few people this year, it's been houses as well. I, I haven't bought my house. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, you know, let them lodge with Lucy and I, or, or give them uh, mobile accommodation. Um and a, and a job job security now and i never take it badly if after six months they they turn around and say thank you so much um you know I, I, i'd be in a very different situation if you hadn't done that um but i've I've now been offered a job on a, on a oil rig or i've managed to smart myself up and get a, an interview out in, in the sandpit or join the police whatever it is there's loads of examples every year i i never take that badly because it's good it's 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 part of the rehabilitation um bit but the, the benefit goes both ways because they're pouring their own grit, determination, guts, courage, um, and hard work ethic in, into my business, um, which is great. And you know, talking about those those qualities, and this is this is really, uh, you know, cutting your arm and bleeding green. Uh, in in part one orders um, last month, I actually reminded people about the old C drills, you know, courage, discipline, respect for others, integrity, loyalty, selfless commitment. Because I just sometimes think that people, um, and it's unfortunate when it comes from our own ilk, but it, people forget that basic um, attribute of being a human being, which is empathy. Mm -hmm. and and actually treating people how you want to be treated and, you know, I'm not a great one for that treat people how you want to be treated but I I, I like that uh, that ethos of you know be kind because everyone's fighting their own battle um, and, and with that I, I will finish with 
with, with, with on a sad note, but it's 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 poignant, uh, and I think that the more we can do to make um, the powers be aware that this is very real, is that despite our our good network, um, despite the help, um, both offered by by the military or, or civilian organisations, and us as as a, as a group of friends, even if we don't know them, um, in the past five years we've had three guys who have taken their own lives. Um, and that is, it's soul destroying. Uh, and I, I hope we won't have another one. Um, mm. yeah. Right. Well, <clears throat> one of the, you reminded me when you're talking, one of the, uh, one of the things that gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling about WHMG. And this isn't, like, I, I didn't, like, you haven't come on to go and talk, and talk about your company. It's not, you know, and I haven't, I haven't that intention, but it's, I, I, I like, promoting it and you remind him there of of one of the things one of the reasons why is that um especially in the security industry the the way that people uh, that that job applicants that employees that um that uh or not employees what's the other you know uh, you know fucking operators security you know security personnel are treated by employers mm-hmm. <sighs> It's, it's 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 disgusting, and I've been on the receiving end. You know, uh, I've never been on the dishing out end. I've been on the receiving end. You know, um, a lot of times, um, and you are aware of it. But with WHMG, I, you don't get that. You don't. And one of the I, I've always said that for for a business to be successful in um, have to be successful in in maintaining a in building and maintaining a good reputation. It is not just about appealing to. It is not just about having a, a, being good and having a perception of being good and honest and and um, ethical and and all the rest of it to your potential clientele. Mm. It is almost m- more important to be perceived as that by your employees and your staff for a multiple of reasons. Because if they are happy working where they where they work and they they trust who they work for and they they and they've got they belief in the business and it's it's going to be successful or is success and they get treated well and they get they get paid a decent wage not treated like shit, um, then they're happier and they're more productive more productive right also. and also they will pull good people into the organisation which is what happens so. Uh, so I, I know when you guys are recruiting, because someone will, I'll either get an email from you guys, or I'll see something on a couple of the other groups of part of security training groups, and it'll be, and it'll always say, guys, WHMG, uh, it, well, a couple of groups, it won't say a name, it'll say, it'll say, guys, there's a company recruiting, and there's a reason they don't say their name. The company's recruiting for, um, let me know if you're interested. Um, your company name is not put in, and mm. I think there's one specific individual does that, and I do it as well. Company name is put, not put in because we want to be the per, we want to vet it before it gets to you. Because so it like it would annoy me if a complete codswallop of an individual applied to you for a job and and got the job. And yeah, you know, I'm not saying mm. I'm not saying they would, I'm not saying they would, but I would annoy me that they even applied. You know, oh, I saw the reference from, from Hugh on the group and apply for a job. Well, I, I'm not giving you. It's like it's almost that first point of sifting out the rubbish. Mm. Because even though I do, I haven't worked for you a long time, I haven't needed to. It's not because, you know, not because I haven't 
if I got something yeah, mate, you'd be the first point. You would. I go back and work for you. And I'd, I'd argue if I had a few months off, I'd probably if there was a decent job up like Royal Windsor, you know, as an interesting, which I find interesting, I'd go and do it. Um, but I know that if I could, I know that if if I was stuck for work, you would be someone I'd want to go and work for for that reason because of the way you treat the guys and the girls. It, it is it's a, it's really really rare, really really rare, and um. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, mate. Are we gonna, I'm going to start wrapping this up. But yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I think you've got a lot of respect for you and even more so for the organisation you built. And um, and uh, I hope we keep doing good things, buddy. Yeah. Is um is there anyone or anything you want to mention? Shameless plugs now. Say what you want to <laughs> say. No, nothing at all. I, I, I think it's my turn really to, to say thank you to you um, and and also the team around you because uh, this this little concept that, came into your head uh, all those weeks ago is, is obviously snowballing and um, long may it continue yeah I hope so I hope so it's good to see you again yeah here too mate Don't take care mate That's it. I hope you enjoyed the show. A uh, thank you to our sponsors again, Westway Nissan, the UK's largest Nissan dealership. Uh, if you're a service lever or if you're still in, you get up to, you can get up to twenty percent off purchases from them. WestwayNissan.co.uk, Westway Nissan on social media. Also, Rugby for Heroes, Rugby F O R Heroes dot org, uh, or on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I think at Rugby and the number four Heroes. They do uh, all sorts of organisations to raise money for their chosen charities. Um, they're rugby players, they're drinkers, and uh, the next one's in May. Get a look at them. Give them a follow. They're quite amusing. Good people. I think that's it. That is it. Leave us link 16th of October, 6.30pm. That is it. Until next time, love you lots. Out.